Good morning again. Thank you, brothers, uh, for the opening and for the song leading. It was a beautiful way to start out this morning. And and it's day five of church every day, and everybody should be churched out, no? Uh, we'll just have a prayer and and uh, read a few verses, then we'll close. <laughs> Yeah, you know how that goes. But I, again, on this uh, this opening here, the brother had Gelassenheit. Again, and this is a this is a word and a term that can't be legislated. Uh, you can't. Uh, it's a condition of the heart, and again, the only way to to tackle the condition of the heart is uh, by. The Holy Spirit exposing and doing that surgery in there to remove all that wickedness because the heart of man is desperately wicked. Amen? Amen. Desperately wicked. That's the heart of man. And until the, the Spirit of God transforms it and uh, makes it new, that's our condition, desperately wicked. Yeah, so for the last four days, we've been talking about leadership and the nuts and bolts of uh, what makes it function. The challenges are real. The urgency is real. The importance is real. And we must do it. And we must continue to do it more frequently. The whole creation is groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. Paul said that 2,000 years ago. And it's more true today than it was back then. The whole creation is groaning. All the world over, we see the absence of this very thing, the absence of leadership. Leaders who are, will lead like Jesus. Leaders who will, are willing to lay down their life for the sheep. Leaders who are willing to sacrifice, give up their comfortable lives. For the glory of God and for the furtherance of the kingdom. But I am sure there have been well, many well meaning Christians. And even in the case of the Jewish nation, people who sincerely wanted to do the right thing when they drafted up their rules to live by aka constitution and constantly made amendments to it and in the case of the jews we see by the time jesus came on the scene leadership had morphed into matthew 23 
You know what Matthew 23 is? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hypocrites. Uh, just a, a, a tremendous uh, admonition to the, to the leadership of the day. Hypocrites that, uh, that were, it's just, I mean, if we read the whole thing here, you, it's, it's all about what the leadership had turned into. Something that had appearance of godliness, but lacked the power thereof. Now, I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but I, I will. Uh, I want to use one verse out of that chapter here this morning for my text. And uh, it's verse 23. Uh, Matthew 23, 23. The point uh, I want to make is uh, that we can be meticulous of how we draft up our, our constitution and make it as airtight as we possibly can, but still miss out on the key elements that are just as important or even more important and that is justice, mercy, and faith. And that not only goes for the leadership, that goes for everyone that's called by the name of Christ. So Matthew 23, 23, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, that you pay tithes of mint and anise and cumin, and, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law. Judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought you to have done and not leave the others undone. So it's not you just have to do these ones and forget about these ones. No, they are important. Jesus categorized these as the more weightier ones, meaning the more important ones, but do not neglect the others either. Every one of these three things is a condition of the heart. If our hearts are not right, we can't make right judgments. And we definitely will not have mercy. And faith, well, that's out of the picture if our heart is not right. Human beings have a tendency to have a very narrow focus on various matters in life. It seems like they can't, uh, uh, they always gravitated toward one area or another and, and just dismiss whatever they don't like. So we can be hyper vigilant about the law and our rules and uh, that will lead us to overemphasize that always leads to overemphasizing the minor while neglecting the more significant ones. By focusing on the minor actions and fulfilling them perfectly, we can get a sense of pride and accomplishment and, uh, 
and that leads to a false sense of uh, security and satisfaction and and uh, Jesus condemned it. Jesus condemned it. And every one of every one of us in some way is guilty of that. In the end, all it does is create attitudes and superiority. It is used to look down on others, to have one up on another person. I am doing or not doing this thing, therefore I am better. And that ought not to be. This passage exposes a major fault line within the thought pattern of many religious people. That's what Jesus ran into in his day. When he came, that's all there was left, is religion. But it's not only for the, for the religious. It can be a fault line for the wishy-washy. Many take the idea of the weightier matters of the law and run with it, coming to the conclusion that since we are under grace, we need not get the, uh, the big things right. Or we need to get the big things right, like doctrine and, and theology and stuff like that, and uh, allow the little things to slide. Others disregard the very idea of the weightier matters and stressing to, de to do the rules meticulously, do it, make an outward show, just make sure you, you, you got your uh, ducks in order, make a show before men, but forget about the weightier matters or the, the, the more uh, the big things of uh, that matter more. The truth, as usual, is somewhere in the middle. Jesus tells us, he plainly tells us, there are matters weightier than others. This means that some attributes or actions have more significance than others. And in, in the example that he gives, this is rather obvious. Well, maybe not so obvious. Justice, faith, and mercy are of greater significance, he said, than tithing spices. Tithing spices is the benefit to God, was the benefit for, to, supposed to be the benefit of God and his temple. While uh, accomplishing justice, mercy, and faith is to the benefit of God, the temple, and the people. So you're missing a very important element here. And it's all about people. The church of God is all about people. Justice, <clears throat> uh, just uh, faith, justice, and mercy deal with every aspect of the person. His mind, his attitude, his actions. One can easily have faith or show justice and mercy while internally despising God or his fellow man. That's the sad part of it all. You can actually do that. You can 
you can look uh, one way, actually be another way. So let's take a little uh, closer look at uh, these attributes. First, justice. When Jesus talked about justice, he was obviously talking about biblical justice. And uh, it's characterized by generosity, equality, life-changing, and, and responsibilities. That's, uh, that's the justice. So if you go, if you're not generous, the word of God says, it's unjust. Job 29, 12, it says, because I delivered the poor that cried and the fatherless and him that had none to help him, the blessing of him that was ready to perish came upon me and I caused the widow's heart to sing for joy. I put on righteousness and it clothed me. My judgment was as a robe and a diadem. I was the eyes to the blind and feet was I to the lame. I was a father to the poor and the cause which I knew not, I searched out. And Isaiah 1 and Isaiah 58 makes the same point. A lot of injustice was, uh, was, uh, was done because people lacked this, this, this aspect, the generosity. And uh, of, of justice and uh, equality. Justice requires that every person is treated according to the same standards. And with the same respect, Leviticus 19.15 says, you shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great. And it's easy to do that. You know, it happens all the time. And if we look around us, we can see it. I'm sure all of you know how that works. But in righteousness shall you judge your neighbor. You shall not show partiality and you shall not accept a bribe. For a bribe blinds the eye of the wise and subverts the cause of the righteous. Again, this goes, that's part of judgment. If, uh, and, and this happens all the time, especially in politics, where there's so much bribery going on, and, uh, and most of the time you follow the money, you know what's going on. Just follow the money, you know what's going on. That ought not to be among the people of God. The righteous care about justice for the poor, but the wicked have no such concern, Proverbs 29, 7. And uh, most of the time, if you care for people in this way, it's life-changing for them. And uh, one of the more, and, and, and then there's responsibility. One of the more basic definitions of justice is giving people what they are due. We're responsible not only for our own, and that goes, that even goes into uh, 
into the spiritual realm. We are not only, or like if, if uh, we're not only responsible for our own sins, but also if we are complicit, irresponsible, we and can get involved in other people's sins. And that too is poor judgment. You know, if, if, if you see injustice and you uh, turn a blind eye or even uh, take part, that's poor judgment. That's not called justice. That is actually being partaking in uh, other, other people's sins. And therefore, that's our responsibility to call sin what it is. And the brother talked a lot about that yesterday. Next, mercy. God wants you to, be, God wants every one of us to be an agent of mercy in this world because we all need it. We all need it. Every one of us has messed up. We've all hurt other people and we've all made mistakes. We've all sinned. We all have our hurts, our habits, our hang ups from those results. And for some reason, us humans have a problem latching onto this truth. We love mercy. It feels so wonderful. And good. But when the time comes for us to show mercy, why is it so hard to do it? We want the other person to pay full price for their shortcomings. Yet we love mercy for ourselves. And we can see that clearly in the parable Jesus had about the, 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 the master there who had a couple of servants, one owed uh, uh, 10 bucks or whatever, and the other, and he, when he forget, or a huge amount, and that servant had a, 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 somebody under him who owed him a little bit of money. And he did. He forgave the one, he showed him mercy, but he just couldn't turn around and extend that to somebody that he should have had mercy upon. And that goes from, from the richest to the poorest. It's always, always the same. And that's why the Bible said the heart is desperately wicked. But we need to mortify that. We, uh, God, our God is a God of mercy. And if you go through the Bible, I could, I could have, I could have uh, given you virtually hundreds of references here about our, our merciful God. That's the God we serve. But we only get that mercy as much as we show mercy. Remember that. Just remember that. We only receive the, the, as much mercy as we extend to others. And the same goes with, with with forgiveness, mercy, while well, that goes together. So, uh, in, in Micah chapter 6, verse 8, God speaks through the prophet, gives him three big instructions for life. The Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you. This is, now, this is not new covenant, this is old covenant. That is to do right. To love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Three simple things, and yet not so simple. These are three simple things if your heart is right with God. 
But they're not simple if your heart is wicked. And now faith, judgment, mercy, now faith. In Hebrews 11, we got a whole chapter about faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith they understood that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. And then he goes on and he starts listing all these men of God how they show their faith and one thing you have to remember their faith produced actions okay you can claim faith all you want if your faith doesn't turn into actions you're fooling yourself you're, you're not even fooling your neighbor let alone fooling god the mouth can say anything the mouth can have great swelling words of of wisdom of knowledge and of learning but if that faith does not turn into action, you, you could just look at, uh, well, the first one, Abel, he went and he offered to God. Next, we have Abraham, Enoch, and then Abraham. Abraham was, believed God and it was imputed to him as righteousness. But we know what Abraham did. Abraham obeyed. He believed God was speaking to him, and then he obeyed. So faith is only verified, you could say, if there's action behind it. <clears throat> and uh, that is a... If we go through and read some of these uh, these things here in, uh, in in Hebrew eleven, where uh, where the the men of God and what they what they endured, what they what they suffered for their faith, so it's not just something that that you believe in your head and 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 and, and that's it. The faith that they had caused them to do and to live the way they did. And, they, and he said, and they all died in faith, not having received the, the promise, not having seen them, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims in this earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they had come out, they might have had the opportunity to have returned, but now they desire a better country. That is an heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. By faith, Abraham, when he tried, offered up Isaac that he... Uh, and he that had received the promise offered up his only begotten son. Now that's faith. I don't know if I want to be tried like that. 
Go offer up your son, sacrifice your son, your only son, the one that came in, the, in his 90s. He waited all his life for this one son. Now go offer him up. That was, that was an unbelievable trial for, for Abraham. But he obeyed. He obeyed. And that's why he is the father of faith. <clears throat> and uh, it says of uh, says of Moses choosing rather to suffer the affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Young people, young men, young ladies. <clears throat> In our world today, that's what they're all about. Pleasure and fulfilling the next felt need. And it's permeating into the church. If we think that the influence that we have every day, that we look at every day, if, we, if we're following uh, celebrities and, and, and whatever you have, don't think for one minute that that influence is not rubbing up off on you. <laughs> but here, what we, what, what, this man here, he got into this hall of fate by refusing to be a uh, but rather to suffer with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Because that's all it lasts. And for most, uh, for most of the time, it's not even a season. It's just an hour or two. And then it's on to the next thing that's even worse. So we need to uh, uh, choosing rather to suffer with God's people then enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Esteeming the approach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures of this world. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. So every one of these men, every one of these, not only men in here, there's also women in here. Their faith caused them to, to change direction in their life. Something has to change and it has to continually has, we have to continuously have to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Even women receiving their dead raised to life again and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. History is full of people who left their life, lay down their life for what? For the, for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of not denying Christ, or in, in, in a lot of the, the cases of the, of the Old Testament, even the, the faith they had in God. <coughs> they subdued. Stop the mounts of lions. 
in uh, Babylon and Persia where, where Daniel was, they tried their best to make him forsake his God. But he would not. And these are the people who we have an, as an example. Those are the ones we need to look up, not some celebrity or a hockey star or, or a football star or stuff like that. We all know what, you, what I'm talking about. If, you're, uh, if your news feed continuously brings up uh, celebrities of any sort, you got a problem because they've already figured out this person likes this game, this person likes this celebrity, and they just keep feeding you this crap and to, to, to corrupt your mind and to get you to, to and that's not goes for only young people. That's just, there's nobody immune to that. If, uh, if you like uh, uh, cat videos, you'll forever be fed cat videos. That's the way it works. They figured out, they just did. That's the way the devil has always done it. They can't read your mind, but he knows this person is gravitating towards this. Well, we'll just keep feeding him some more of this. And that's what we're faced with. And you need to be aware of this. What's coming up on you? What's, what's Google feeding you? What's uh, YouTube feeding you? What's TikTok feeding you? What's, what's the, all these social media sites feeding you? Crap, most of it, 90% of it. Not to say that there's nothing good you can do with it, but there's so much evil in there. We need to be very careful. And young people, don't despise your, your parents or your elders if, you tried, if they try to warn you about that or monitor you in these areas because it is dangerous. It is unbelievably destructive. So yeah, we can very easily say we have faith. But what does our faith do to us? So we can, uh, and a lot of, uh, a lot of religious organizations, even in the past when stuff like this happens, we revert back to rules and regulations and forget about targeting the heart, the root of all this, these problems. So, and that's why I want to, uh, I want to drive this point. All the rules and regulations we, we can make does not help if this justice, mercy, and faith are not there. So brothers and sisters, we need to be careful. We need to uh, constantly remind ourselves, who are we serving? Who is, the, who is uh, what's driving us? Is it Christ or is it something else? And so many times it, it had these things that, that don't seem so bad and aren't bad. But if they take all their, our devotion, it's good enough for the devil. It's good enough. We, at least this guy isn't doing, isn't searching the scripture. At least this guy is not um, doing something for the Lord. 
And he's perfectly fine with that until you get so used to it and conditioned and he'll take you to the next step. But the plan is always to get you further down, down, down. So there's a lot more to be said about this topic, but uh, I'm going to stop right here. But if uh, the brother's got a few words of exhortation from this past week or from even this message today, we gladly hear it. God bless you.